today we're kicking off a brand new series. And I think that this series is so pivotal. I think this series is so um, monumental even in the kind of time that we are at in our nation as well as just current uh, cultural climate. And today we're going to kick it off with the question of what power do our words have? What power do our words have? If you can think back, and I'm sure most of us can, I'm sure that we can think back to a conversation. A conversation that you had with somebody else. That when you left that conversation, the words that were spoken kind of lingered on. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those words kind of weighed a little bit heavier than normal on your heart. They maybe put a little damp around what you were thinking or feeling. I, uh, I can remember oftentimes these conversations. And what's interesting for me is that I can remember back to a conversation not that long ago, just a few short years ago, that I had with a fellow pastor, actually. I was preaching, and uh, it was in between. I had two services on a Sunday morning to preach at. And so we go through our walkthrough, we go through our run-through, and they always do this thing called a sound check or a mic check, right? If you guys haven't caught on yet, I've got a big mouth and a loud voice, right? So my microphone usually is not turned up that high. So when I first put it on, the, the microphone was set to the previous week, the pastor who was speaking, and their voice doesn't carry quite as far as mine. Let's just put it that way. And so it was really loud. So when I first started to talk, it basically like shook all the seats in the sanctuary. Personally, I thought it was awesome. They didn't think so much. And so we go through the mic check, and everything went great. And then we go through the service, and as we're going through the service, I come up to preach, and I start preaching. Again, you guys have been with me for just about two years now. You guys, if you haven't discovered yet, I have this tendency sometimes to get rather loud or excited. Is that fair? Wow, that was very confident, yes, thanks. <laughs> To the point sometimes where I'll climb on chairs or jump or run down the aisle, whatever it might be, right? Um, this was not a regular occurrence <laughs> at, at the service. But for me, it was just normal. Well, in between services, I get done preaching, and in between services, I remember having, um, if you guys have ever had like two services, you'll see oftentimes like, some of the leadership or fellow pastors talking together. And a lot of times it's just this, you know, encouragement of, you know, hey, you really nailed this or you did that or you did this or, hey, tweak this. <clears throat> but I remember this conversation. I remember it because I was, I got off and, and service was done and people were leaving. And, and as I sat there, I was just looking over my notes again. <clears throat> And the conversation happened where this fellow peer, this fellow pastor, looked at me. And he spoke words that I don't know how to necessarily forget. Because these words that were spoken actually 
actually put a deep wound, if I'm just going to be honest. Words of, Kyle, you're, you're too much. Kyle, you're, you're too loud. You're overwhelming when you preach. Your voice, your actions, it's all too much. You need to settle down. Because if you keep preaching that way, if you keep praying that way, if you keep doing it that way, you're going to scare the people in the church. Now, if I'm being honest, those words, I don't necessarily know the intent behind them. I don't know the, the necessarily the heart behind them. But I can tell you how I received them. They're hurtful. They, they cut. And if I'm being very honest about that, there's moments, even in preparation and even in the middle of sermons, where I still hear those words words. You're, you're too much. Settle down. Words. Words. They can seem so simple. They can flow from our mouths so easily. But they can be so, so powerful. And even at times, words can cause more harm than they do good. I think we can all agree on that, right? You see, our words can bring life to others around us as well. Because I'm sure we can think back to those other conversations where people spoke certain words to you that just filled you up. I have good friends that when I would, I'd speak and I'd preach and other friends in ministry and they'd be there and then they'd come up and they'd say, Kyle, you nailed this. And it's a specific moment, a specific saying, whatever it might be where God spoke through you in that moment and it fills you up, right? You know what I'm saying, those words, words that can fill you up to the point of you can take on the world. You can run through a brick wall, but there's also those words that can tear you down. I think of those moments in the movies, right? Captain America. If you've ever watched Marvel, Captain America makes you feel like you literally can run through a semi. He has that way with words, and you just feel so ready to go. And he's like, let's go, especially that line, right, where he's just like, Avengers assemble. And you're like, I'm part of the Avengers. And I'm like, I don't even know what power I have, but I'm a part of it. I mean, yeah, right? Obviously, I'm not, um, that you know of. But words are powerful, and they have power behind them. And I want to talk about that. It, Paul talks about it. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4. And I want to make sure that we understand this. Ephesians 4, here he is as we're going to dive into this. Paul is talking about and giving instruction of how to live according to God's Word to, to Jesus' plan, to God's plan for our lives. How to live a Christian life. And this is what he says, especially when it comes to our words. 
Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. But instead, be kind to each other. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let's just call it what it is. If we go back to that one slide, let's read this one verse again real quick. Go back one slide for me, Kay. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. I think we could post that verse on all social media outlets and just say, I think this speaks for itself. Fair? Get rid of all that. And instead, it says, instead, be kind to each other, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Words. He's given instruction, Paul is, to living according to God's word. And talk specifically about our words. To speak what is good and what is right. To speak what is helpful for the body. To impart grace upon each other. To impart truth upon each other. Our words have power. In some other translations, it also says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we have this mindset that grieving the Holy Spirit is totally going against everything of Jesus, and it has to be this drastic sin. But what if grieving the Holy Spirit is, is even in some of those other things? As maybe grieving the Holy Spirit looks a little differently. Could, could grieving the Holy Spirit also be given no time to prayer? No time to sit and have a communication and use our words to praise and glorify God and have a communication with God, but rather, rather we give and adequate a tons of time to our words on social media or our words to our neighbors or our words who we don't agree with? Could grieving the Holy Spirit also look like not having and taking any time for this, His word, in our lives? But yet, we have all the time in the world to read the worldly news, the worldly truth that is out there. Could grieving the Holy Spirit really mean have no time to simply talk with him, to spend time with him. But yet we have all the time in the world to catch up about the latest gossip. It's easy for us to get bogged down. It's easy for us to hear words that are spoken to us in this, in this world, in this cultural climate. It's easy for us to hear those and let it impact us. But I think there's also words internally that we speak to ourselves. And those words have just as much power as the external words that are spoken to us. The words that we speak to ourselves impact our emotions, they impact our actions, our beliefs, and even more. 
what words are we speaking to ourselves? I don't know about you, but there's been just this feeling these past few weeks in our nation of chaos. Is that the best way to put it? Chaos, uncertainty, hopelessness. As I was preparing for this message in the power of words, over and over again, I, I, I was asking myself, well, where do I find the comfort? Like, what words bring me comfort knowing that it's going to be okay? And for some odd reason, over and over and over and over again, I was led back to words that were spoken by Jesus. Four simple words that through these weeks has just brought me so much comfort. Four words. I am with you. <laughs> I am with you. These words Jesus speaks here, he's about to leave and go back to the Father, and he says, don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you. He tells us that he's going to leave his spirit with us, and he will be with us to the end of the age. He is with us. These words give me comfort. They give me hope. And they give me the energy to wake up and to say, God is with me, so what shall I fear in this world? And I can take on this life. He is with me. And just like Christ, our words have power. I think now more than ever, we have to be aware of that. Because here's the bottom line, and here's my, my bottom line for this whole entire message. Here's, here's the thing that we're going to focus around today. Your words are weapons for good or weapons for evil. Your words are weapons for good or weapons for evil. How are we using them? How are we using them? See, if we understand that our words are truly weapons for good or weapons for evil, we have to understand what that means and what that looks like. The author of Proverbs. Proverbs is in this book of, um, in this section of scripture called the books of like wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom, and it's so beautiful because it's, it's essentially these, these wisdom words passed down that we can learn from, that we can write on our hearts and understand. And in Proverbs, there's two of them I want to share with you. First one is 10 and 11. It's not going to be on the screen. Hear this, hear this, though. 10 and verse 11. The mouth, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked is conceals violence. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. The righteous speak life-giving words. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whatever it might be, the righteous man, his mouth, speaks life-giving words. And not just words of life to, to others around him, but also to self. What words are we speaking to others around us? What words are we speaking to ourselves? And are they words of life? Or are they words of doom and gloom? Because it says the wicked man brings harm and hurt with their words. Their words take life away. They conceal violence. That's one thing our world does not need more of. 
We don't need any more violence. We don't need any more hatred. We don't need any more pain and brokenness. We need life and true life. Some words, some words, they slice and stab like a dagger. Here in in Proverbs 12, this is what it says, verses 18 through 19. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only for a moment. Have you guys ever felt like this picture? Can we resonate with that? Words. They slice and they stab like a sword or a dagger. You can feel physically their pain. You can feel the piercingness of them. It hurts. And it doesn't simply just go away. You see, it's not about the words we only speak. Because I can speak words, but it's not just about what I'm saying to you, right? It's about how you receive also. And how we receive words from people around us. So how are we listening to the words that are being spoken to us? What about those times where the words received are hurtful? They cut deep. It's a deep, deep wound, and it's a wound that lasts. Are we reckless with our words? We're told that the tongue, and therefore, our words are like a sword. Here's the interesting thing about a sword, though. Swords, in and of themselves, are not dangerous. I have a buddy, pastor, in his office, above his door hangs a sword. Now that sword hangs there. In and of itself, it sits there. It's not dangerous sitting there. It becomes dangerous, though, when you pick it up, And you start to swing it around. It's the same thing not only with like a sword, but like for my three-year-old. A drumstick in and of itself is not dangerous. But a drumstick in the hands of my three-year-old becomes very dangerous. Not only to myself, but everybody else around it and all the stuff around it too. Our words are just like that. Wise men bring healing and health with their words that they speak. How are we using our words? It tells us in that, in that second verse, verse 19, truthful lips endure forever. Truthful lips endure forever. But a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Truth stands forever. Truth lasts forever. Lies falter and lies fail over time. It's incredible if you do a study. If you do a study, it's incredible that from the very first manuscriptures of this 
the manuscripts of this book to today's current translation, the amount of errors is very, very minimal. The, the reality of how consistent this book has been from the very first manuscripts to the one I'm holding in my hand right now is beyond incredible. Statistically, is is the most consistent book. Why? Because truth stands forever. Truth stands forever. You see, but our world, our world is largely mastered by lies. Our world is largely mastered by lies. This is why that it's so hard for our world and even us as believers and followers sometimes, to accept the truth that God gives us. Because we're spoken lies to over and over and over again in our lives. And it it started way before we were even here. Don't believe me. Go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis. You guys remember Adam and Eve, and then there was a certain someone, a certain thing that spoke to Eve. The serpent. Remember that Satan twisted the words? Satan twisted God's truth just enough, just enough, a lie just enough, just little enough, small enough to get Eve to buy into it and Adam to take that bite, just enough. The words that Satan spoke to Eve were powerful and corrupt. But look what happened. Look what impact they had. It's a lasting impact that has lasted thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Impact that we're feeling today. Your words are weapons for good or for evil. The words of the devil to Eve were a weapon for evil. But before that, though, before that, God spoke. Do you remember that creation story? God spoke and everything came into existence. You want to talk about power and words? Imagine the power of the words of God, where he says, let there be light, and light forms. I think it'd be really sweet to have water here. It's done. What about, what about, I always loved this animal. This is one of my favorite animals. Like, at what point did God say, I want to make a platypus? Like, it is like a hodgepodge mutt of everything, right? It's got like a weird bill, but yeah, it's like a mammal and it's got duck fins. And did you know that, like, they have like venom? I like platypuses, by the way. They're kind of interesting. God has power in his words, and so do we. He spoke and things happened. Power in words. And if we're to be models of Christ, if we're to be models of Christ to this world, that means that we are to model Christ in this world with our words, not just our actions. Titus 3, verse 2. It says this. They must not slander anyone, must avoid court quarreling. Instead, be gentle and show true humility to everyone. 
Here's what's interesting. Avoid fighting. Be gentle. Be humble. I can't tell you how many times I've, and maybe you've been like me, where you've opened up a social media lately, and within two minutes, you just had to shut it. Because all you saw were fights breaking out. Fights between friends. I have good friends of mine whose families are at odds with each other. I have good friends of mine whose families, they don't know what Thanksgiving dinner is going to look like. I have friends of mine who literally have said like, my parents aren't talking to me. As I read this and I think about this, I just have to ask myself, and I, I think we have to ask the church, the larger body of believers, how are we doing with this? How are we modeling God and his heart with our words in today's current culture? Do we model this in our words to the neighbors that we have who voted differently than us? Do we model this in, in our words to our friends who view things differently than us? Do we model this even with our enemies who have spoken harsh and harmful words to us? Do we model this with those close family members who have deeply hurt us? Words are important. And we're told that we're going to give an account for all the words that we, that we say when we stand before the Lord. I often wonder, I often wonder, when the words I speak come out of my mouth, do they reflect God? I wonder what my words say to the world around me. I remember reading this question and hearing somebody ask this question. And it's very simple. If all the words you spoke today were reflected on your skin, what would you see? If all the words you spoke today were reflected on your skin, what would you see? Would those words be uplifting? Would they give life? Would they be beautiful? Or would those words be harmful? Would they cut deep? Would they be hurtful? If all the words you spoke, and for some of us, we would have a lot of words on our skin. For others of us, maybe not so many. But if every single word you spoke shone on your skin, what would they say? Let's also take it a little bit a step further. Not only the words you speak out loud to somebody else, but what about if all the words you spoke to yourself? That might change the game for some of us. 
Are we speaking life into our own life? Or are we speaking destruction and harm into our own lives? Would our words internally and externally reflect Christ and his character or something else? Your words are weapons for good or for evil. Your words are weapons. So a few questions for you to think about this week. And I, I do, I hope you take this and I hope you walk in it this week and you have a conversation with yourself and with others around you maybe. What words do you need to speak to your neighbors this week? What words do you need to speak to your family this week? What words do you need to speak to yourself this week? And last but not least, before you do any of those, what words do you need to think about before you open your mouth and speak? Because there's moments where I have to remind myself of that too. There's moments where I have to pause. And I have to take a moment and I have to remind myself of the words that are about to come out of my mouth, are they life-giving or are they defeating? As the band comes up and we're going to conclude today, I want to share a little quote from a guy. His name is Brandon Lake. Brandon Lake is a worship leader. He's kind of come on the scene recently, and um, I love him uh, personally because he has hair like my youngest, this long, flowing, wavy, curly hair that's just glorious. But I love these words he spoke. This is what he said. He asked the question of how powerful, hear it, how powerful can our enemy be if he can be taken down by a song? How powerful can he be if he can be taken down by what comes out and from your mouth? Think about it. We are told in the word that, that the demons themselves, evil itself, shudders at the name of Jesus. Words. Just speaking the name of Jesus, speaking his name and his praise. The enemy has no power over that. How powerful can he be that when we sing these songs of worship, that he has to flee and shudder in fear. How powerful can he be when I speak and command in the name of Jesus that he leaves this place. He has no room in this place no more. He cannot stay here. How powerful can he be? And then I think back of Paul as he's in prison and he's chained up and he's locked up. And he's with his buddy Silas, and they're chained up in the prison. And it's so beautiful because there comes this moment where they start to sing worship songs. They start to praise the name of Jesus. And what happens to the chains? They fall right off. There's power in the words we speak. There's power in the worship we sing to our Lord. And I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know what you may have walked in with today. I don't know how you walked in feeling today. 
Because if I'm being honest, I opened up Facebook this morning. And I saw how people were feeling on Facebook. And I saw every range of emotion possible, right? You have people jumping for joy with things. You have people in sorrow for things. You have people also mourning losses of of family members from COVID. You have people struggling financially. But you have people celebrating the birth of a new child. You have people celebrating that they get to go back to church. I don't know how you walked in this morning. But what I do know is this, is that we have the opportunity and the ability to sing songs and to worship and speak life into this world. And we have the ability to see chains break off and have people experience freedom in Christ. God's goodness goes beyond the circumstances and the situations in life. God's presence goes beyond how things turn out, whether they turn out the way we want or the way we we didn't want. God's presence and his goodness still prevails. And so today we want to end singing about the goodness of God. Because no matter where we are on a spectrum of emotions today, God is good. And nothing's going to change that. God is good. And he's better than our wildest imagination. We can't even imagine how good our God is. And the goodness that we get to enjoy and just soak up in his presence. I'd love to pray for us as we head into this next song of worship. And I'd love to invite you, and I mean this, to invite you to lean into the goodness of God. To lean into his presence. To lean into what he is offering. To lean into what he is pouring out to us today. That we get to say it is well even if our circumstances and situations in life may not be. It is well still. Even when life around me seems to crumble and things are getting hard, God is still good. So let's let's take refuge. Let's, Let's take comfort in his name. Amen? Join me in prayer, would you? Father, we we come before you today. We come before you knowing that we need you. And we ask, Father, that you would pour out your spirit in a divine, in a whole new way. God, we just don't want an awakening. We want a revival to sweep across this church. In the name of your son, in the blood of your son, we ask for forgiveness of sins, Lord, that we walked in with today. God, we ask for you to just sweep over us. I ask for you to touch us, Lord. 
in a new way, to speak to us, Lord, in a new way, to comfort us, Lord, in a new way, to profoundly and divinely do something that, that only you can do, Lord. So God, I ask that you would allow us to lean into you, to experience your goodness, to experience your, your fullness. And when things get hard, when things get tough, when, when things seem like they're almost hopeless, Lord, that we would be able to say, it is well. And we can, we can believe that because you are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are a powerful God. And you are a God above all other gods. So, Father, just pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your heart. And let us experience you today, Lord, in this coming week. We pray this in your name.